Now to check in with Jonathan Gavoni of DraftExpress.com, probably the most respected pre-draft, mock draft website. And it's not just about the mocks they have online. It's the in-depth analysis, the interviews, the feature stories they do on NBA draft prospects. And we've got three guys to follow this year. Perhaps all three, after some great individual workouts, could be looked upon as first-rounders. And we wouldn't have said that about Josh Selby, you know, say a month or so ago. No. But uh, Jonathan Gavoni on the line right now at DraftExpress.com will give us the very latest on the draft stock of all three of these guys, starting with Marcus Morris, who DraftExpress.com has as a top-ten pick right now. Jonathan, welcome to the program. How are you? Doing great. How about yourself? Doing really good. Great to get you on the program. Brian Haney and Scott Pollard with you today. And as I alluded to, you've got Marcus Morris now climbing into the top ten at number nine to Charlotte. Talk about what you've seen of him in the pre-draft workouts, what you've seen of him uh, in Chicago from a measurement standpoint that that has him climbing all the way, not just into the lottery, but into the top ten. Well, I think that with Marcus, it comes really down to his body of work and what he accomplishes over the course of the season. I don't think his measurements were the best. He definitely wasn't the longest player measured. His shooting uh, ability in the drill, as we put that up today, was not stellar. But, uh, you know, you really with a guy like Marcus Morris, you have to look at what he did over the course of his career, and especially this year, and the type of NBA player he's going to be with, with his toughness and his skill level. Uh, I think that he's, he's a sure bet in a draft where there really aren't a lot of those. And brother Mark Keefe did as much to help his stock over the past college basketball season as anybody. At one time considered maybe a middle-of-the-second-round type guy that will probably go the same year that his brother goes just because they want to stay together and do things together. If they're playing collegially, they want to play professionally, even if it's on separate teams. But uh, here's Mark Keefe after a dynamite breakthrough junior campaign all the way up to number 13 now to Phoenix in your latest mock draft. So speak to that, if you would, and, and how much his stock has climbed over the last 12 months. I think clearly his stock has risen quite a bit. I think what helps him a lot is the fact that he's a power forward in this draft who can space the floor from the perimeter. He can rebound this position. He can defend. He's tough. He's got size. He's got athleticism. There really aren't a lot of prospects in this draft that you can say, okay, I can put him in at the four right now, and he's going to open up the pain for my slasher. He's going to be able to make shots. He's going to He's going to, he brings great toughness uh, to the table. We talked to him, we interviewed him in Chicago. We asked him, Marquise, what type of NBA player are you going to be? He said, I'm going to be a garbage man. And you, you never hear that out of a player. They all think that they're going to be superstars and all stars. And, and, and for him to say something like that, you know, that, that gives you a good indication of, of why NBA teams like him. They need garbage men. So, Jonathan Scott Pollard here. Um, I've, I've, been very critical of Josh Selby leaving college and and uh, don't think that his has any chance of, of getting drafted in the first round. What I know in your latest pick, you have him uh, first pick of the second round. Do you think that's going to change? Do you think he's going to go up? Has he been impressing, or do you know? Uh, you know, if I had to bet right now, I would say that he is going to be in the first round. Where exactly, I'm not exactly sure. Uh, his, his stock has definitely risen. Uh, he his athletic testing was excellent in Chicago. His workouts have been good. Um, his interviews were very strong. And I think when, when it's all said and done, people are going to say, 
you know, where would we have drafted him a year ago if, if there was no one-and-done rule, if you can go straight to the NBA at a high school? He was the number one prospect in his class, according to rivals. And those type of guys, they have a pretty good track record of, of, of being good players in the NBA. I think that we were not able to see the type of player that he actually is, whether it's with a suspension or the multiple injuries or, or just being, you know, on a very talented team with some very good guards where, you know, that he's the type of player that needs a lot of freedom to uh, to operate and he needs to be able to make mistakes. And and uh, the situation that he was in at Kansas uh, did not afford him that possibility. And it's not Bill Self's fault. I mean, a lot of great players, he's trying to win a championship. You can't fault him for that. So, uh, I, I'm a little bit surprised, you know, that people, that he, if he would go in the top 20 in the lottery, like people some of are saying, but I do think when it's all said and done, he will go in the first round. Jonathan Gavoni, our guest of DraftExpress.com, forecasting what will happen in the NBA draft. And some websites have Selby all the way in the low 20s right now. You guys, as Scott mentioned, have him going with the first pick of the second round to the Miami Heat, by the way, which uh, you know was a team that wound up with Mario Chalmers as an early second-round choice a few years back. But uh, in the case of Selby, I think you make a good argument there that for a, a myriad of reasons, he never got his career off the ground at Kansas. But while you want to be able to look at what his stock was a year ago, can NBA GMs, even if he has great individual workouts, can they completely erase from their memory banks this past season and give him a total hall pass on the fact that he was never really able to, to crack the primary part of that rotation at Kansas, that at times you know his ball-handling skills left a lot to be desired. We never saw him putting the ball on the floor and getting to the rim like it was advertised he could do. And while you want to attribute some of that to injury and some of that to fitting in with a, an already cohesive team and not wanting to uh, disrupt the flow, at the end of the day, there were a lot of question marks that he never answered. Can he get a complete hall pass on that? Uh, no, if he got a complete hall pass on that, then he would be a top five pick or a top ten pick like he was projected out of high school. So his stock dropped quite a bit, uh, and it's not going to rise up to where to where it was back then. And also you have to look at the depth of this draft. This is a very weak draft class. Uh, three out of the top five prospects in the, in the draft pulled out. Seven or eight, you know, clear-cut first-rounders are not in. So that that helps a guy like Josh. Uh, there really are not a lot of talented guards to choose from. And at some point, you need to pick someone. And uh, if you're gonna if you're gonna make a if you're gonna whiff, then you may as well go with the guy with the upside, with uh, you know the mystery guy like Josh Selby, who could be a star if he pans out. Uh, otherwise, you're picking from you know a guy who at best is you know an average role player. And at worst, he's out of the league in two years. There's no doubt, Jonathan, that the NBA draft is all about upside. So many times we see guys drafted in the lottery based on what they might project to be three or four years down the line just because they test well athletically. They don't tend to value guys that maybe are four seasons deep in a collegiate career with a proven statistical track record if there's a kid who can you know, jump 42 inches and, and maybe still has room for growth point is if you could just throw a, a random percentage out there on the number of upside related draft picks that actually pan out to uh, play at the level worthy of their draft position how often do we see upside guys pan out and how many times are they swing and misses i don't know i've never really approached the draft um looking at it that way you know i mean you, you look there's certain type of of uh, of 
physical profile that you need to play in the NBA, and and 99% of the college players just can't do that. So uh, when you're looking at projecting the guy to the NBA level, there is a certain amount of projection that goes in. But that, that the same thing applies with a guy who's 22 years old, a guy who's 19 years old. None of these guys are finished products. So um, the, the, the upside thing is there, but, uh, I mean, it's also proven. Um, you know, you look at the... The All-Stars, um, you know, how many of them spent more than a year or two in college? Very, very few. So it goes both ways, I think. Sure, sure. We'll close it down with some fill-in-the-blank. I'll start the sentence. You finish it with the first thing that pops in your head, okay? okay? The most undervalued player on this year's draft board currently is? Ben Hansbro. Okay. And where do you guys have him currently being projected to go? Mid to late second round, uh, you okay. know, from what I hear, and he, he, he might even go undrafted. And um, he, he was injured for the NBA combine, wasn't able to attend. And, uh, you know, Big East player of the year. I mean, going back to your point about upside and all that, this is a proven guy. I mean, I don't so, think that there's any doubt that he could be a, a solid NBA player if someone gives him a chance. The most overrated player in this year's draft is. <laughs> trying to get me in trouble. Uh, I think uh, the most overrated guy in this draft, wow. Uh, I'm going to go with Enos Cantor, just because uh, we really have no idea, actually, what this guy is. You're, you know, people are talking about him as the third or fourth best prospect in the draft. And, um, you know, I don't know how you draft him personally with his resume having sat out the last year, two years ago, playing against, you know, low-level junior colleges. Next year, there's a lockout, maybe not able to play, period. You know, this is that he might miss three very critical years of his development. You're going to draft him three or four in a draft like this. You know, sure. that, that could be an, an issue down the road, I think. And finally, of the three Kansas Jayhawk prospects that we discussed, without knowing the situation they'll be drafted into, just based on sheer talent and upside, which will have the most fruitful career? I've been a huge Marcus Morris fan for a long time, and I'm, I'm going to stick with that. Um, I think he's got a very high skill level, and he's a very tough guy. He plays defense, and, uh, you know, he's a team player. I think he's still going to get better, too. Uh, I think he's going to have a great NBA career as a starting power forward. All right. He's Jonathan Gavoni of DraftExpress.com. Thank you so much for your time, Jonathan. Thanks for having me.